Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. We are one day away from the start of the 2021 regular season. Bucks Cowboys are going to kick this season off. And if you want to place a bet on the action, BetOnline is the place to do it. Yeah, I'm going to bet online and I'm betting on the Bucks to win this football game against the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a, a wise choice. Like the defending Super Bowl champions at home against well, <laughs> the NFC South, the Cow or the NFC East, the Cowboys. But head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of the opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday season opener between the Bucks and Cowboys. And if you lose, Ike, your wager will be returned up to $25 for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by Balance 7. And Ike, you know the importance as a former professional athlete about refueling and replenishing balance seven lets athletes do that all over the world. Hey, Mark, you and I had a workout on Saturday before uh, the football game slash, you know, everything else. So yeah, we got to keep ourselves, not only our mind, but our body balance. And why not go to balance seven to get replenished and refueled to help your body anytime you need it. If it wasn't for that smoothie, Ike, my carcass would still be on your driveway. <laughs> <laughs> you can see how balance seven has helped athletes all over the world. If you go to balance, the number seven.com and use promo code believe that's B L E A V. You'll get $10 off their 32 ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is the perfect amount of time to fuel the effects of the pH balancing drink. Again, that's balance the number seven.com and use code believe B L E A V at checkout. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, week one is here. We are just days away from the Steelers kicking things off against the Buffalo Bills. The season officially starts a little bit more than 24 hours away with the Buccaneers-Cowboys on Thursday night. I'm fired up and ready to go on today's podcast Ike, we're finally here. We made it. How are you doing this morning, my man? Man, what a long offseason. Football is finally here. Thursday night football is a couple of hours away. 
Sunday football is a couple of days away, and I can't wait. And Ike, on the eve of the season, the thing looming over the Pittsburgh Steelers, contract negotiations on whether and how much money of a contract extension T.J. Watt will receive is the news in Pittsburgh. And just weeks ago, we were talking about, well, you know, it's a matter of when and not if. And the Steelers are notorious doing this, dragging things out right on the eve of the season. Are you concerned at all before Sunday's opener against Buffalo that a deal still is not done between the Steelers and T.J. Watt? Cam Haywood signed six days before the first season game. Stephon it signed four days before the first Steelers regular season game. Troy Palomalu signed the day of. The day of the regular season game. So now this is what the Pittsburgh Steelers do. They always find a way to make it happen. T.J. Watt will get his 150 bucks, meaning millions. Ike, I swear, you must have looked at the show notes. One player you forgot, too. What about David DeCastro in the 2016 season? So there's just yet another example of waiting till the 11th hour to reach a deal. I was a little bit concerned that they took away his captainship. I see he's no longer considered a captain of the team. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Don't get it twisted, Mark. His brother is a captain. <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. that's just right in the family. It really, it really don't matter. They just, they just, and I guarantee you, his brother will pass, Derek will pass the torch to, to, to his brother TJ and say, you know what? And Derek is the honorary captain of his brother TJ until he gets the deal done. That's all it is. So you rip the C off your jersey and you slap it on TJ Watt's jersey as soon as a deal is reached. I'll say this, like if I were in TJ Watt's shoes or I was advising him, I would say if you don't reach a deal and get that guaranteed contract money, I wouldn't play out at, at, at his salary at $10 million in the 2021 season, given his level of production, Ike. I would advise him not to play in the season opener if the deal is not reached. Now, I would be a hypocrite if I didn't believe that, Ike, because for as long as we've been doing this show dating back to October of 2019, from what I've seen and watched of TJ Watt on the field, Ike, I've told this to you. I've said I believe he is the better of the Watt brothers, and I'm talking about his brother JJ in terms of the level of his on-field production. 15 sacks in the 2020 season and 15 regular season games. It led the NFL. If he's one of the top defenders in the league, he should be paid like one of the top defenders in the league. So if a deal is not reached and I were advising TJ Watt, I would say, hey, don't play because there's way too much money at stake. The off chance you do get injured as you enter the final year of your rookie deal, making just north of $10 million in the 2021 season. No, I agree with you. I don't think he going to play. If he don't get this deal done, he definitely ain't going to play because he's going to look at it like, man, I've been in training camp. Y'all been seeing me work this whole time. Actually, it's called a soft holdout, and I don't think people understand that. He, it, TJ, regardless, held out to get paid, plain and simple. He just wind up doing it in the vicinity of the Pittsburgh Steelers so they can see him. And I'm sure between the Pittsburgh Steelers and his, and his agent – they both agreed we'll get this deal done before the season. Now, if they don't get this deal done, yeah, if I'm TJ's agent, man, don't even put a Pittsburgh Steeler cap on. You know what I'm saying? We're going to ride this thing out. I'll take the fines, and we're going to get paid next year. But the only thing that that is, 
Pittsburgh still can franchise you. So you still, you still, in 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 the way of Pittsburgh thinking, they still have the upper hand. But at the same time, nah, if we don't get this deal done, I'm definitely not playing this year regardless. And someone who might not be familiar with the specifics of this, they say, Mark, Ike, you'd advise a player not to play when he's doing right. $10 million. You I would say that. yes, because look at the other top defenders in the league. I'm talking the Aaron Donalds of the world who make north of $20 million per year. TJ Watt is at that level from the defensive standpoint for the Steelers. So you miss, oh, $10 million. It, it, it has to do with what his worth is, what his produ- on-field production is, and what it will continue to be. We're not paying for past performance. Like we're talking about a player in his mid-20s right now, entering the prime of his career, if not already in the prime of his career, who's been balling out. They've got to make. They've got to reach a deal. And again, if I'm advising Watt, and you have to enter the 2021 season on the final year of your rookie deal, and a, and a long-term contract extension isn't re- reached, I'm saying, hey. Hold out and, and, you know, <laughs> it's a matter of almost who blinks first, Ike. TJ, did, TJ hasn't even scratched the surface, my personal opinion, on what he could do and what he should be like. It just so happened. His stats right now are just unbelievable for the short amount of time he's been in the league. He's still a young man in his mid-20s. So once TJ get from like 26 to down to 31, then we're going to be talking about he's in his prime. But TJ is not even in his prime right now. So therefore, if I'm TJ... No, I'm not taking the 10 million. Really, I'm asked for 25 a year. Hopefully, y'all give me 20. And that's how I'm looking at it from his agent point of view and from and from TJ stats because you only talk about two people when it comes down to dominating when it comes down to dominating offenses. And then that's Aaron, that's Aaron Donald and, and TJ Watt. So you just look at what Aaron Donald got a couple of years ago. Of course, the prices always go up because of the salary cap and what have you done for me lately and of late. All T.J. Watt have done is, is is balled out. And you want to talk about defensive players of the years. Two guys you really named consistently the last two years, and that's Aaron Donald and T.J. Watt. So there you go. You got to pay him some big bucks. And I, I keep looking down at my phone because I swear as soon as we publish this show today, the news is going to break. And I said this last week, but I know it's going to happen because, again, I, I, I am not of the notion there are, there are some out there that think that the sky is falling. And, it, and again, go back to all the players we named. Cam Hayward last year, Stephon Tuitt, David DeCastro, Troy Polamalu, all the way back in the day. I, Steelers are notorious for doing this. But I swear this is going to – as soon as we click publish on today's episode – a deal's going to be reached, and this news and information, this analysis is going to be out of date. Ike, I'm paranoid about it. No, we're we going we gonna to be just on time. Watch. We're going to be just on time. It's going to come out, and as soon as it come out, we're going to already just say it. So we're going to be all the way good, bro. I appreciate your optimism, Ike. We move <laughs> on. The Baltimore Ravens have signed former Pittsburgh Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell, and this comes after the Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins and Justice Hall with season-ending injuries. Ravens have two pretty good running backs already on the roster, uh, and I'm talking about Gus Edwards and uh, what's my guy, Tyson Williams, who was an undrafted sure. rookie a year ago. And so – I, the narratives start to write themselves of, oh, when the Steelers play the Ravens, the Le'Veon Bell revenge game. Le'Veon Bell has not produced nearly to the level that he played at when he was still a Pittsburgh Steeler. And we're talking about stints with numerous teams. The Jets, you know, he was a member of the Chiefs a season ago. 
just hasn't been quite the same player as he was in Pittsburgh. I'm really not concerned about this, but if he does anything about Pitts, uh, against Pittsburgh when the two teams play twice during the regular season, I'm sure we're going to hear about it. Nah, he going to ball out. And the reason why they are going to ball out is because he has an offensive line now. When you want to talk about yeah. the leading rushing team in the NFL is the Baltimore Ravens. When you want to talk about the second – best leading rushing team, then you're talking about the Tennessee Titans. But Le'Veon has now what he had in Pittsburgh a few years back, and that's offensive line. And by the way, I got a, I got a quarterback who can also run the ball, so everybody got to have their eyes on me. That's how Le'Veon Bell is thinking. So it's just with Le'Veon, how do he break the line up? How many carries, how many throws would he get, get out of the backfield? That's the only thing with Le'Veon. And that's going to be on the OC and how fast he catch up with that playbook. But as far as like what he had in the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was going crazy or catching 70 balls coming out of the backfield and running for 1,100 yards, he got that same scenario he have with the Baltimore Ravens. Wow, Ike, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to push back a little bit. Orlando Brown Jr. is now in Kansas City. He's not in Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley is working his way back from a season-ending injury. So I'm going to say and go Lee Corso on you here, Ike. Not so fast. And I hope... When we revisit this during the regular season, we could say the Le'Veon Bell revenge game and the Steelers hold them to like single-digit yardage. I hope that's what happens. I'm going to be a yinzer here. Glass half-full Mark is out here on today still, on the pod. They still led the league in rushing, regardless. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. If it's, and if it's one thing you know about the Ravens, they're going to run the ball regardless of who's on the offensive line. You still picked up Allen Vendelwaver from the Pittsburgh Steelers. You still got guys who can – who can kind of formulate what you're looking for in that personality. And that's playing hard in those January style kind of football, but you do it all year running the ball. See, I like Gus Edwards for that reason, Ike, because we've seen production even in a backup role for him. I'm excited to see what he can do as the bell cow. He's had more than 700 yards rushing in each of the last three seasons. Right. Here are the other running backs who have done that. Derrick Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, um, Zeke Elliott, he, he, he's in good company. Um, I lost it in my notes. But long story short is even in a backup role, Gus Edwards has carried the load for the Ravens. I'm excited mm -hmm. what he can do as the primary ball carrier this upcoming season. He's one of only six running backs who's done that, though. I know that for a fact. Gotcha. Um, that means he's Mr. Consistent. And again, here you go with the offensive line on being consistent. And what's going to be our personality? It's going to be smash my football, which means we're running the ball. That's my point exactly. So you're of the notion that it has more so to do with the line than it does and even the running backs per se, if I'm understanding no, it, you right, Ike. It's, it's that, that's the Baltimore Ravens personality, which was always the Pittsburgh Steelers personality. First was run the ball, play good defense. And then Pittsburgh got out of the running the ball and then wanted to get past happy. You saw what happened in the playoffs. You know, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, you can run for so long, but when you do get in the playoffs, you do kind of – you kind of got to balance it out by passing the ball, which they're struggling doing. But they're making the playoffs by running the football and, and playing good defense. So, yeah, Le'Veon is back. Then you got to count the fact. You can't just look at Lamar Jackson as a true quarterback, man. You got to look at him as damn near running back. So it opens a lot of options, one, as an offensive coordinator – Two, when you're getting the ball hand off to you as a running back, you don't know if Lamar's going to pull that thing and run it himself. So now you got guys on the defense actually thinking twice, and they can't really fully commit to what they want to do because they also look at Lamar as a running back. Boom. The, 
the research department of the Believe in Steelers podcast came up clutch. So those other six players, again, these are the players, 700 rushing yards in each of the last three seasons. Edwards is one. Then you've got Aaron Jones of the Packers, Zeke Elliott, Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, and Derrick Henry. So he's in good company there. And again, that's even in a backup role in Baltimore. But I, like I said, I hope you're wrong. But, you know, again, from a fantasy standpoint too, fantasy football, if you drafted Gus Edwards in your draft and you had your draft weeks ago before J.K. Dobbins' injury, you might have gotten a player who will absolutely ball out this season in a primary role in the backfield for Baltimore at a much lesser value before we knew of J.K. Dobbins' season-ending knee injury. No, I agree. I agree. I agree Bus going to ball out, but one of the factors is going to be Lamar Jackson is the quarterback and he can also run in the offensive yeah. line because that's just a Baltimore Ravens personality. Okay. Steelers made a trade and added cornerback depth. And Ike, you lended me your psychic ability a week ago. I said that this was going to happen. They traded 2023 fifth round pick for cornerback Akello Witherspoon. And he's got lots of starting experience too, Ike. So early on, I think that they'll probably start Cam Sutton opposite Joe Hayden to start the season. When they go to a nickel package, I think Sutton moves to that nickel back position and they bring James Breyer to play on the outside of the field. But if either of those guys slip up, that you now bring in Witherspoon, who has starting experience as a cornerback in the league, more starting experience than both uh, than both Pierre and Sutton as well. So I like this move for Pittsburgh, and it helps shore up a, a position that the Steelers needed more depth. And I just hope we're not saying early on this upcoming season that, gosh, I really miss Mike Hilton, who's now across the division as a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, little man got nice eyes on him. You know, 6'2", 195, um, went to the University of Colorado. Uh, I know Pittsburgh like to go around. Now, I know Pittsburgh do like tall corners. Um, I was one of them myself, so they're looking for length, and they like the matchups. You know, um, obviously, with the spoon, if you look at his stats, man, he, he's a he's a tackling machine for that part. And I keep telling people on the right side of the defense, Coach Tomlin like guys not only who can play one-on-one, football but who can tackle because that's the weakness of the defense because most of your quarterbacks are right-handed so you're always looking to the left side of that defense the strength is always going to the left side of the defense so it's going to be a lot of one-on-ones on that side so when you do have a guy who's 6'2 195 man it's going to be hard throwing the long balls because he got to throw over the height of that cornerback you get a shorter guy got a taller receiver on that right side it's kind of easy for the quarterback to drop in the bucket you put some height on the right corner and make them throw over the corner, man. It's going to be a lot of tip balls, interceptions, and uh, PBU. So that's how I'm looking at it. But, yeah, the young man's got a lot of – with the spoon I'm talking about, the young man's got a lot of experience, like you said, Mark, not only playing good football because coming from the San Fran and that division over there, man, they got some dogs at that wide receiver position on the team she plays. So let alone the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, you understand you got, you know, the, the, the Cleveland Browns twice – you got the Baltimore Ravens. They're trying to, you know, load up on their receiving core. And also, man, you just got to look at Cincinnati Bengals, man. They they trying to get like a college reunion going back for Joe Burrow. So, yeah, that was that was a good trade, I think, for the for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I do know Coach T on the right side of his defense, he liked tall corners. So he felt like he finally got him one. 
Ike, something I wanted to ask you about, you've always pointed out to me that Joe Hayden consistently plays on the left side, and I went back and watched several Joe Hayden highlights, and he's played that left cornerback position throughout the duration of his career. Is that something the Steelers would even consider changing up at all when you go up against the lights of a Stefan Diggs in the opening weekend of the 2021 season against Buffalo just because Diggs was a player who absolutely thrashed the seat, the Steelers a season ago. Would they consider moving either Hayden or another corner just to match up and say, okay, this is a player we're going to match up on Diggs or the, the Steelers going to keep it. Hayden's going to be on the left side and then whoever's opposite is going to be on the right. Will they change that up at all? No, they won't change it up at all. They'll, 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 see now, now just guessing, you know, whether it's going to be the third corner coming in, Cam will be sitting in the middle. Um, I think Cam is a better coverage guy sitting from that slot position. Uh, when they played Stephon Diggs, Stephon did a lot of work uh, coming from the slot corner, putting him in motion, not had, not having him just lined up left to right, X and Z. So um, I think uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers already know that, and they'll funnel Stephon and they'll make other guys like uh, Gabriel beat them. So it's, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see what the Pittsburgh Steelers do and how they think on defense when they play the Buffalo Bills. But yeah, I think they're just going to play. Uh, they're going to know what on third downs, on third downs, just just guessing on third downs, they're going to look for 15 and know what he had at all times and make other guys beat him. Well, I hope the defense can get some rest in Sunday's game, too, with Steelers' lack of ground game a season ago. Ike, you, you said this. I mean, I know the Buffalo loss was the second of the Steelers' season in 2020, but they kind of put the recipe out there in terms of when Deontay Johnson got benched and went off the field because he wasn't catching the football, he had two drops in that game. Buffalo sat on everything from a defensive standpoint. So I'm excited to talk with you a week from now, once this game actually happens, of what you saw from the defensive back play, both from the Steelers' standpoint and then from Buffalo's standpoint, too, to see what happens in this opening week game. Yeah, I think for Buffalo, man, it's just you got to show me again. Um, how I look at Deontay Johnson is – He's electric. Uh, I think we both can agree, Mark. When he, when Coach pulled him and uh, took him out, the team kind of lost the electricity. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I was like, oh, Deontay really is the real deal. Now, when they put Deontay back in, it was like, okay, that's the guy who got the pop to the offense. Um, no disrespect to Juju or, or, or Chase. You look at Chase, you know, he's going to be a deep ball guy. He's going to be a slant guy. Them the two routes he's going to run. He's going to use his body on the deep ball. He's also going to use his body to rebound on the slants. Okay, let's look for Juju. Juju going to be an over guy or a slash option route guy. So if I'm sitting inside of Juju and he's in the slot, he's going to want to go outside. If I'm sitting outside of Juju, he's going to want to go inside. I'm just going to sit inside out there and make him go out. That's how you got to look at that. With Deontay, it's like, man, if the ball touches his hands, he got a, he got a, he got a big, huge you know, uh, scale radius on taking the ball to the crib. So that's how you got to look at it. That young man, he can pretty much run every route he wants to. He just have to be consistent on catching the ball. And I look at Deontay Adams, Devontae Adams from Green Bay. He did lead the league his first year drop. So I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson right now. I think he learned from last year. He worked his butt off in the offseason. But, yeah, man, coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers side, you know, Pittsburgh, they're going to they gonna know what 15 – is that Stephon Diggs on third down all the time? And like I say, man, just make the other guys beat him on the one-on-one -on -one situations. 
Pro Bowl season, maybe for, maybe for Deontay Johnson. I said it several weeks ago, well, and I'm going to repeat it again. I agree. I agree okay. with that. We got to take a quick break and tell our listeners and viewers about PlayActionPools.com. And Ike, the Believe Podcast Network is partnering with PlayActionPools.com so we can interact with our listeners and viewers and make picks on both college football and NFL games as they open the 2021 season this upcoming weekend. So here's how it works. Sign up for the contest. You go to Believe Football Pick'em at playactionpools.com, and you can get your picks in for the week. Uh, and, and it's going to really a, a, an exciting opportunity for our fans to see you know, how we pick, how they pick, that kind of thing. I'm really excited to have them as a presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers podcast. I mean, the more sponsors, the better it is, the bigger the family grows. That's We try to get this family tree as big as hell. So if y'all following us on the Believe in Steelers podcast, whether you're a PH7, whether you're a play action, whether you're a bet online, just come on, man. Come to the family, man, because this thing about to blow up. I'm trying to told you, as they would say in New Orleans. <laughs> I appreciate that, partner. I appreciate that. So Play Action Pools is going to have the 10 highest profile games of the week again between college and the NFL. So if you go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest, believe that's B-L-E-A-V football pick them. You can sign up there and compete against other people. And so the winners as well each week gets electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes, Ike. And I know Ike. The king of swag, the king of swag in you. You know all about the the fancy shades. I I saw you back in the day roll up to training camp with your with your special Google sunglasses. So we have that for our listeners as well. Yeah, you know that that I, I'm a used to a has been when it comes down to that. Now I just go to uh I can go to a regular Walgreens store and pick some shades and still feel like I I look cool. So yeah, I did I did downgrade it a lot. You know, um, actually, those those Google glasses was given to me. I still got them. I gave them to my son. You say look cool like you are. You're the epitome of swag. So, again, playactionpools.com for our listeners. And that's your new home for all your sports office pools. So, thank you to them. Ike, we got to take a turn. It's a little bit of a somber note, but uh, right. we've got to pay tribute to former Pittsburgh Steelers offensive tackle and longtime broadcaster Tunch Ilkin. He died Saturday. He was 63 years old. He had been diagnosed with ALS, a Steelers legend lost. And I know how much he meant to so many people. And I didn't see a bad word about him on social media when this news yeah. broke uh, last weekend, but you know, RIP to a Steelers legend. Yeah. RIP touch, um, touch. Um, I mean, I damn near grow with touch meaning uh, the day I stepped into the Pittsburgh Steelers facility and the day I left, Touch was there. You know, Touch been there from training camps. He played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, he was a Yenzer. He was a Steelers. So he just was a guy you can talk to around the campfires when it came down to, to the training camp. Like, Touch was just a part of the family. You know what I'm saying? So, um, man, it, it's, it's hard to go from, from being a Steeler, playing football, to actually – you know, being the analyst and broadcast, a lot of people have tried, but a lot have failed as well. Touch was pretty damn good. And his analyst and broadcast, he was just part of the Steelers family. You can look at him as a Rooney. So to lose Touch this early, um, it hurt, you know, because like I say, the first day I stepped in to the last day I stepped out of that facility, you know, I've seen that face damn near every day. So that's just what it is, man. He he was he was dealing with what he dealing with. Was it ALS? I think Touch was dealing with um, – 
he had a lesson that caught up with him. So just prayers to to touch his family. Um, we have lost the angel on on land on earth, but we gained the angel in heaven. So that's how I feel about touch. Absolutely, quite the story too. Born in Istanbul, Ike, he moved to Chicago with his parents at the age of two. Went to Indiana State around the time Larry Bird was there, the legend. He's a six-round pick of the Steelers. He was the first Turkish player in NFL history. And just everything that he did, I, I read a tribute that the legendary sports writer Peter King wrote about Touch. And he said that during the Steelers radio calls with Bill Hillgrove, who we've had here on the Believe in Steelers podcast, and then the legendary Myron Cote, when in the early 2000s, Myron Cote was starting to be a little bit more forgetful on there and Touch would just fill in and not even miss a beat. And the listeners wouldn't even really notice. And so when you hear things like that, it's just, you know, I know how much he meant to the Steelers franchise and organization. And I, I, I wish nothing but the best. And, you know, my thoughts and prayers go to him, his family and his loved ones. I know. Me too as well. And Ike, another RIP tribute too, and this is to Tara Deeker, your former NFL network hey, colleague. Yeah. And... Yeah. Just from everything, I, I didn't know Tara at all. I'm going to turn things over to you here too. I I, but she seemed like the person who just treated you like family. And yeah. um, I know there was some sort of pie eating contest at the NFL Network yeah. that she participated yeah. in too. But I, I'm going to turn the floor over to you to, to pay tribute uh, to a friend. Yeah, I think I stole D card, you know. Um, but she was like that for everybody. She was like a your mom slash auntie slash sister. So she can play any role she wanted to play with you. She just was a loving person. But I think personally, I just stole the heart. Um, she all, she always had a soft spot for me and hers. Um, she let me slide and get away with a few things, you know, so that that I can't say. But as far as like, um, this just a person, man. You always try to surround yourself just around good people who just have good souls, you know. It's, it's, it's good to be a good person. You'll be around a few great people. Yeah, be around a few, a few people, good souls. It's hard to get on that good soul level. That was Deke. Deke was that good soul level. You know what I'm saying? She was always thinking about others instead of herself, and that was 24-7. And just off of some of the shows she produced, um, when you see the good shows for the NFL Network, man, that was probably part of Deke because everybody cared about her, and they, wanted, they didn't want to let her down because she gave you chance after chance, and she let you be who you was when it came down to personality. So... Yeah, man, RIP again to 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 Deke, man. Uh, I saw it a couple of days ago. I didn't want to believe it. Um, of course, it was true. But yeah, man, that's she part of the family too when it comes down to this broadcast. Ike, that's a beautiful tribute. I do have to ask you though, what was the best flavor of pie, and why is it pumpkin pie? Because I know that this was a huge debate among everyone in the office at the NFL Network. Yeah, because we had a, we had a pie contest. A lot of people thought they could cook, but nobody could now put chicken when it down pies. And we, we was 100% honest with each other. So yeah. you had to step your game up when you came in there with that pie, because if you ain't coming up with that pie right, somebody was going to kick that pie off the set and just play the simple. So that's just what it was, man. That's how we had our fun uh, for the network at the time, man. We were just brutally honest with each other. So... That's what I loved about that. Okay, so rest in peace to two legends in their respective industries, Ike. Um, final topic of the show, we've got Bill Steelers this weekend. Uh, Steelers go on the road. 
Bills open as a six and a half point favorite at the time of this recording, Ike. But a lot of storylines in this one. Got Najee Harris's regular season debut, how that offensive line performs. It looks like Dan Moore Jr. is going to be the starting left tackle. Shooks or Korofor moves to the right side as Zach Banner continues to work his way back from an injury. But Kendrick Green might start on the interior of the offensive line. Like, for me, that's going to be the big key in this game is can the Steelers establish the running game? Can they move the chains, keep the clock moving, and keep the defense off the field to stand a chance in this one? That's what I'm really going to be watching for. But kind of what's, what is your big storyline headed into week one against Buffalo, Ike? I think it's a lot of pressure on Buffalo. I think, and the reason why I think it's a lot of pressure on Buffalo and Josh Allen, man, I, I hope Josh Allen don't try to reach – his, his expectations of last year and higher, because then I feel like he forced the issue. You know what I'm saying? And if you look at their running game, their running game wasn't the top, you know, top 20 running game in the NFL as well. You know, they ran sporadically. Um, even in the playoffs, when they did play the, play the Kansas City Chiefs, they couldn't establish a run. And that's what haunted them. You know what I'm saying? So then you go with, then you go with the secondary guy. They lost, I think they lost one, one on the back end. Um, they did sign the linebacker in the middle. But at the same time, man, it just it just for me is is Josh Allen and him hopefully not reaching uh and playing outside of his body in a bad way to trying to, you know, you know, relive what he did last year. For the Pittsburgh Steelers is like, okay, we gotta ask what we thought it was better than what we really was. Let's get back down to the basics. And the basics is running the damn ball to playing good defense. And if you just been looking at the offseason move, whether score were coming from you know, the inside linebacker position, helping out Devin Bush to, to Witherspoon, trying to lock down the cornerback position, coming in as a third corner like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They they finally getting back, making moves quietly, making moves quietly that they get them to the playoffs slash can we get a chance to get to the Super Bowl contention. So that's why I think they had with it. That's why I got the Pittsburgh Steelers pulling off this win against the Buffalo Bills. And the reason why is – they don't like that sour taste in his mouth. I'm sure seven is trying to get to seven. And I think now he understands, man, I do have to run the ball. And I, I just got a push alert. This is not breaking news yet, but I guess Big Ben has talked with the media and he says this isn't a quote. I'm just reading off my phone right now. I think TJ should get whatever he wants. That's a direct quote coming from the Steelers quarterback. So assuming TJ Watts plays, and that's a big question looming over this at the time of this recording, I got imagine that he would play in week one, but we'll see as contract negotiations continue. But (laughs) I, I, I hope he's ready to go. You know, they reach a deal and everything too. And he, you know, he's ready to play at that level of a defensive player of the year because Steelers will certainly need it if they want to upset the Bills on Sunday. I've got the Bills winning 27-20 to at home. I think Josh Allen, you mentioned playing outside of his body and trying to do too much. I think there's huge potential there for Allen, potentially to win the MVP this season. I also like the Bills' odds a lot to be the favorite team and to win the AFC Conference in the 2021 season. The Chiefs are the favorite, but... Buffalo at plus 550, I think, provides tremendous value for anyone wanting to lay a wager on that, too. But the Bills, too, they, you know, you mentioned the struggles with the running game. Adding guard John Feliciano in the offseason, then also Emmanuel Sanders on the outside. Yet another weapon for Josh Allen to utilize, too. So I've got the Bills winning at home against the Steelers in week one. It might not be what our listeners and viewers want to hear, Ike, but I've got to call it how I see it. 
No, I got I got Pittsburgh. If, if TJ White is back, I got Pittsburgh one that thing. And I think he will be back Saturday. They'll have the contract done um, for, for Sunday's game. So that's just how the Pittsburgh Steelers work. I'm sure they just holding off. Um, I don't know the guaranteed money for TJ, but I'm guessing it. I'm guessing he's looking for a hundred million guaranteed uh, the contract in total. My personal opinion is going to be 150 million. So that's that's what we have with it, and it'll be done by Saturday. Is what I'm saying. But yeah, everybody going to be on edge and biting their fingernails if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. <laughs> TJ Watt will be playing this year for a, for the Pittsburgh Steelers all because they got the deal done. <laughs> We've seen it before. We've seen it before, Ike. Uh, before we sign off here, Thursday, you've got Cowboys at Bucks, and then Sunday, the other game, I'm looking forward to Browns at Chiefs, a rematch of the playoff uh, contest we saw a year ago where the Chiefs knocked the Browns out of the playoffs. Is there any other game you're looking forward to this opening weekend, Ike? Because we've got a full slate of games. The scheduling is outstanding for week one. Any other games you're looking forward to watching this upcoming weekend? Man, I got the Browns pulling off. Though I got I got them upset in the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. And, and the reason why I got them upset in the Kansas City Chiefs is one, they didn't build up before. Two, they got a nice little round of confidence. Three, they got two dogs. I mean, they got two dogs and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt sitting in that backfield. So I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs is built to stop the run. They feel like they're always going to be ahead. So that's why they got pass rushers. So there you go. The the Cleveland Browns go in there. They slow the game down. They hand the ball off to Nick Chubbs and, and, and Kareem Hunt. The wide receivers between Jarvis and OBJ and company, they understand now, man, I'd rather get the W and have five catches than have ten catches and not win ball games. So I think they understand the talent that they have in Cleveland right now. It's hard to go back to the Super Bowl, um, especially to win it when you're the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, is Patrick Mahomes a down? Could he be a legend? Yes. Um, getting back to that Super Bowl is a whole nother thing. A whole nother thing is winning it. Don't forget Aaron Rodgers is just as good as Patty Mahomes, and he hasn't been back since 2010. So that's saying a lot on trying to get back to 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 the promised land, so say. So I'm, I'm going to take the Cleveland Browns on this one. I think everything just comes together with the Cleveland Browns, especially with the coaching staff, the GM, and what they're trying to make up in, in, in Cleveland. And that's and that's Super Bowl winning football, which they haven't done, you know, yet. But I think they got the makings. So I got them beating the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Ike, I love your optimism there. I, I will say this. I do like the Browns to win the AFC North this season. But you're talking about a franchise that has not won a season opening game since 2004. I think Patrick Mahomes comes out like scorched earth, angry after losing the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers a season ago. I think he wants to redeem himself in the Chiefs. We know what they did revamping their offensive line in the offseason. I like the Chiefs to take to, to take care of the Browns at home. And, oh, by the way, at home Arrowhead. Ike, we've talked about this here on the right. pod before, too. The difficulty of playing there and just the crowd noise, something that will be a factor again in the 2021 season, something we didn't see a season ago because of the pandemic. There were limited crowds, so... Crowd noise, home field advantage is going to be a factor again as well. I like the Chiefs over the Browns in week one for those reasons. How you, I, how you, regardless, you keep, I can't wait to watch, man. I, I cannot wait. How you keep a crowd quiet is by running the ball with Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt. They're going to be quiet. They're going to they're gonna be quiet as a church mouse just sitting in them stands watching them boys run the ball. The clock go down. 
I, I've got to give a special thanks to you, to our Belief Podcast Network colleagues, to our producers over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, and her team there. Herbert, for filling in today for Courtney, yes, we sir. appreciate you. We've got the sponsors, Bet Online, PlayActionPools.com, and Balance 7. I could think that just about covers it, though, here on today's show. And week one is here. I cannot wait. It's always a pleasure chopping it up week in and week out with you. Yeah, I think I think you wrapped that thing up with a bow. I'm going on put a little ribbon on the top of it. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating. Just how we like our food, our restaurants, and our hotels, put the five stars on it. Make sure y'all give us a five-star review. Um, any questions y'all got to ask me and Mark, just let us know. Appreciate everybody tuning in, all the followers and the views. But make sure y'all give us our five piece. And they ain't yeah. talking about. Yes, sir. Five stars and click that subscribe button too. Like subscribe, follow, make sure they're following along. We love hearing from listeners and viewers as well. So don't be a stranger there. But I'll go ahead and sign off here. Ike for Ike Taylor. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Now. We will see you next week following Bill Steelers. Enjoy the week one action. Take care. So long, everybody. Peace. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.